From Anchor FM, this is Etch the Edges, where we climb the steep cliffs of the divide, the issues that separate us from the right and the left, and we do the hard work of closing that divide to find the common ground we know we all share. I'm D.S. Brown, your host, and together we will etch the edges. America has often been at the crossroads, and here we are again. What do we do now, and how do we do it? Together, let's get into it. Our purpose? To do the work. To truly peel away at the extremes. For it's the extremes that divide us. The tail is wagging the dog. Small groups of people with outsized voices are commanding the stage. And the rest of us? We suffer for it. It's time for all that to change. Let's lean into discomfort, have the hard conversations, and together, let's etch the edges. Today, our special guest is Ayana Muhammad. When we return, we'll talk about how a global pandemic has affected her in her everyday walk of life, what she sees happening all around her, and how it informs her politics. We'll be back soon. the edges and today's guest i have a good friend from way back i think you guys are really going to enjoy hearing her sharing her perspective i've got ayana muhammad on the line ayana thank you for joining us today anytime anytime you know me i'm always available yes (laughs) i'm always available in these strange times it's a good thing to have you on the line leaning a little bit in here we're going to talk politics. We're going to throw it down. And the, the main thing, of course, is everything you bring to the table, Ayana, you know, and I've been watching you for years. I told you, actually, to, to the listeners out there, Ayana needs a show. She needs a show. <laughs> she really does. Because she brings a particular amount of flavor to any subject matter. It comes with a twist. And, you know, and she's got a critical thinking mind, which is the, 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 like the, the topper, right? Critical thinking mind with a twist of flavor that will make you laugh, but at the same time still make you think. That's the critical part, right? And that's what you do, right? That's, that's what you yeah, do. because that's what people have to do. Right now, the way times are, you don't have no choice but to laugh. Because the way the world is right now, you will be crying every day. <laughs> okay, <laughs> every day you be depressed. No, no, no reason why. It makes no sense. But yeah, so makes no sense at all. So we're gonna <laughs> chop it up right from the top, Ayana. Like we said on Edgy Edges, it's regular conversation with regular people who experience outside, sometimes unregular things, right? It's because that's life. That's, you know, the things that people decide at the top filter down to us regular folks. And sometimes it, it really falls down on us. And it's not the kind of thing you want laying on the top of your head. So we got to raise our heads up, start talking about it, engage in it, act on it, do what's right for the people. We're going to start with one word. And okay. I'm going to lay it out there. And Ayana, you're going to do what you do. So I'm going to say that word right there. You ready? I'm ready for it. Go for it. The word is Trump. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say something about Trump that most people would not agree with. He's a genius because oh. he really convinced the world that he was a politician and he's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like 
what he did to convince these people to vote for him and put him in office because he could run this free country we in. How he did that, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I you know, it's, it's kind of like you going to an interview for a job that you know you're not qualified for, but you convinced them to hire you. And he did that. He did that. And he is showing that he was not qualified for the position. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, like uh, any other job, you just can't take him to HR and fire him. You got to take him through this process. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, truth be told, the man's an idiot. I'm not going to mm-hmm. pretend like, other than, you know, it's sometimes it's people quote him. My favorite line most recently that he said, and I try not to pay him too much attention because it's frustrating as a human to listen yeah. to how many very beautifuls can you hear? And this is very great. And this is very, very, I mean, he, the, the man doesn't even have a lot of words in his vocabulary. It drives me crazy. But uh, my favorite line recently uh, in dealing with everything that's going on with the coronavirus and stuff like that, he said, people are dying that never died before. <laughs> okay, I think I missed that one. No, I, I <laughs> yes. definitely missed that one. He literally said that. And I'm like, nobody, nobody else is listening to this? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he doing a whole press conference and he said people are dying that never died before but of course because I don't yeah I don't know man if he wins again uh yeah I, I think I want to move to Canada <laughs> I, I really don't think I'm gonna stick around for that because that that would be a mess yeah that, that, would, that would be a terrifying mess that would be a terrifying mess. oh my god yeah he's just not the best leadership we need right now to, with everything on a serious note that what's going on in the country he's not the best leadership at all he has zero uh skills that i know of to be honest <laughs> none <laughs> and unfortunately with the people with skills he seems to run them off well i mean keep in mind this dude i don't know about everybody else but i really found out about trump doing a reality show uh, you know, he was firing people. Yeah. So he's basically running the White House the same way. You're not doing what he wants. You're fired. You're fired. You're not saying what he's saying. You're fired. He tweets things and it's like, would somebody please grab his phone? I would just assume it's some people in the White House shaking their head like, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. You know, I mean, it's... <laughs> well, that, well, to your point, that that is real, right? Because, you know, over the last three and a half, three, three quarters years, it's leaked out that there are people in there who try to curb his enthusiasm every day. So every time someone rolls out of office, they're writing a new book, a (laughs) tell-all, and every tell-all has white hot fire in it to say that what's going on in the White House is like a savage sewer mess of depravity and mendacity and dumbosity. It's, it's, It's amazing. But do we really need them to write us a tell-all? Because it's happening right in front of our face. Yeah. Like, who's not seeing this? I mean, it's it's so obvious. He's, the news is fake news. This not real. That's not real. He didn't say that. Yes, you said that. I've watched clips where he says he didn't say something, and then they'll turn to the clip where he actually said it. He's he's basically breaking down himself, to be honest. I I, I mentally don't think he has it together anymore at this point. I just I really, it's not possible. It's you just know, I'm not, I'm not going to dispute you on that. We always want to try to come at things on the show from different perspectives. So ideally, I would want to say, well, I don't know, Ayana. I think perhaps the man has a modicum of intelligence and he's just politically different. I can't say that. No. I can't say that. No. I'm, I'm right there with you. And what's really and I struggle. fascinating is 
as we watch this, right, you know, you and I both know that there are people right down the street who thinks they think he's doing an excellent job. I, and that's what I was just going to say. I struggle with people who actually say things to me that they deem to be positive from his perspective. And I, when I say struggle, I struggle because what I'm struggling with is, are you somebody I want to have in my life? Cause something wrong with you. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be honest. It's a couple of Facebook friends that I had to like, go ahead. And you know what? I, I just, let me just let this friendship go because I cannot see how you can truly support someone who is not of sound mind and body. <laughs> like literally. He's not. Um, I do think he has a lot of racist mentalities about himself. I do. Um, I think if you black and you benefit him, he's good with that. Yeah. Other than that, I, I think he could care less. And and the fact that people are supporting him and they're like, no, the economy, you know, hasn't been, it's this is the best it's ever been. How, Sway? What? What? You know, what? <laughs> like, are you not thinking, like, I have to question you as a person for you to actually support him. Like, I really, really do. When somebody tells me, and most people, if you notice, are secretly not, nobody wants to admit they voted for him. Yeah. Nobody's admitting that. Except for no. the very few who, well, when, when they say it, they're vocal and you look at everything else they put on their page. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I, I can't even talk to that person. Yeah. I, uh, okay. So you're an obvious idiot as well. Like, okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. cool. Makes sense. But yep. there's some of them that are secretly not admitting that they voted for him probably are devastated by a lot of things that he's doing. But what's interesting is I think they'll still vote for him again. I unfortunately do not disagree with you at all. I think you're absolutely right. And, and it's funny because I'm looking for it right now. Um, a lot of folks are talking about the lady, the, the female doctor from Houston, who, um, you know, <laughs> what is her name? Uh, I, I know Stella you're Emanuel. About. Stella Emanuel, yes. Oh. I, 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 over the last day and a half, so many folks have just come out, especially folks who are of a lighter persuasion and mm -hmm. are the, the European Anglo <laughs> ethnicity are like, well, she's like, she's the type of person you should support. And you sit there and you go like, who are you talking about? What, me? This is the same lady that believes that the aliens and the... Demon seed. Demon seed. Yeah. Just, just let's let's say it with me now. Demon seed. <laughs> I cannot. I can't utter that out my mouth. <laughs> I think I was raised better than that. <laughs> it is absolutely insane. And she has literally popped out of nowhere. Yes, it exploded. Exploded. Out of nowhere. I was like, what I was reading because I okay. Social media, can't believe everything you read. Absolutely. <laughs> I will be the first one to say that. Yeah. So when I saw it, a lot of times, the first time I'll be like, yeah, this, this can't be real. And I'll keep scrolling, mm -hmm. right? I see it again. I'm like, okay, yeah, folks share stupid stuff all the time. By the third time, I'm like, okay, let me, this, this may be something to read into. And I'm reading this and I'm like, she believes the demon seeds? Like, what? And then everybody's like, this is the woman and Trump is now speaking on her and saying that, you know, she makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, oh, well, she can't make no sense if he thinks she makes sense. I just, <laughs> just like, this has to be a joke. I guess I feel like right now, as a person that will, I, I vote continuously. I always will do that. I pay attention to what's going on. I sit back and I'm like, this is, this is a real life out of body experience. Yes. <laughs> Watching this take place. It's, it's real. It's like I said yesterday to someone, it feels like 
we're in the twilight zone and our leader is trying to take us to the world of the walking dead yeah, I, I, I and, and it, at one point I was nervous about that too, the way people was going out to the stores and buying everything, like really, and the, the gun sales go up. <laughs> yes, everybody trying to get ready. But it, right. it, it didn't seem like, okay, we're getting some balance. It was empty out there, folks were comfortable, but you and I happen to stay in the same county locally. And when you step out now, there is a large contingent of people in our county who believe this is all fake news. You don't see masks. No, you don't. It's it's a little um, it's a little frustrating because I think it is a little selfish yes. to not wear a mask and things like that. Like I, I I hate I'm not gonna lie I hate the mask, but my mask is always with me. I wear every store that I go into. I wear a mask. I am a get to the door, dang it, turn around, walk back to the car, get the mask person. I mean, consistently I do that. Right. So I just. It's amazing to me how we can go from zero to a hundred so fast and even faster back to zero. Faster back to zero. And the yeah. situation is worse. Because am- there's people actually protesting that kids should be in school. Yeah. So you want to send little Johnny to school thinking that little Johnny gonna wear a mask all day long. Give me. But you all those are the same people that don't think you should wear a mask. Yes. Now even though little Johnny got asthma. Now, I'm gonna tell you something now. I was very active because, like I said, part of what's new these, these days is to me being active to try and do what's necessary to get us out of this existential crisis. Right. So, you know, I, I marched with the teachers. I posted aggressively. I got active. I was at the protest for teachers going virtual, and I drove by and checked out. I stopped and checked out the, the protest on Friday for folks saying we need to be face-to-face. So the protest that I was at, we were six feet apart, we distanced, we all wore masks. I went back and looked at the folks who weren't in face teaching, these callous sons of bitches. And I'm, I, I gotta say it that way, because they clearly don't give a damn about yeah. the people who are trying to educate. And I say educate, not raise, not nanify, not baby, yes. your damn child. That's your child. You had your child, you, you raise your child. The teachers are supposed to educate. Some folks yeah. don't know the difference, but I'm looking at them beyond and they stand shoulder to shoulder, head to head, no mask on, kids in tow. There had to be over 100 people there. And I'm telling you right now, we are almost halfway through the first coronavirus case that will show up out of that group because somebody there had the package. And I'm looking at them from the back of the park and I'm like, this is a COVID cloud. These people yeah. are insane. It's yeah, like- and it's just no sense. It's like I say, I feel like the way that some folks are reacting is a direct reflection of who's in office. I hear you. Loud and careless, selfish, don't care about people. It's all about green is what they see. Yeah. It is all about, like, you, this is my country. I, I watch all of the, the, the videos on Facebook where it's the women are like, I'm, this is a free country. I don't have to wear a mask. Well, you let them make you wear a shirt. You let them make you wear shoes and they won't give you service. I don't understand why you just can't add masks to that list and just keep it moving. They're not saying you got to wear it. Get in your, and then it's getting your car, take it off. It's not, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. And it's so funny. It's, like, it's a free country. You can't make me wear a mask. I watched one lady sit on the floor in Costco on the video. Because they Costco and the, the way they the way they handled it was very well. Well, ma'am, you have to wear a mask. It, this this is a free country. 
Nobody said you had to buy the mask. We just didn't put one on. I don't care where you got it from. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to us. And I just find it to be so careless, but it goes along with who's running the country. Their behavior is a direct reflection of, because he, he won't win one. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He won't win one. Yeah. And he's the leader, right? He's the leader. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, let's switch it up, because like we, we said before we got started, you and I can do this all day. <laughs> right, we can, we can. So, we can. Let's, let's talk about the presumptive candidate on the other side, the guy that we want to be president. More power to him. Um, Let's say it, say it what it is. It's, it's, it's Mr. Biden. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, I think he's the less of two evils. Okay. I don't feel like he is the, the best thing coming. Like, oh, this is going to be great. Biden's going to be in office. The world's going to go around. Everything's going to change. Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I'm a fan. I'm not. Um, he has said some things that I felt like, dude, <laughs> dude, dude, uh, I think one of the ones that got me recently was, you know, you, you ain't black and you ain't vote for me. You know, I was like, okay, <laughs> really? I get, to check a different box. <laughs> I get to check a different box on the application now. Let's go. Cool. Okay. Great. Things are changing, you know, <laughs> but to be honest, um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'll be blunt. Absolutely gonna vote for him without a doubt because <laughs> cannot vote for who else is there. He is definitely the lesser two evils. Yes. But um, I feel a little bit better because I do know he can make a phone call to somebody who got some sense. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. So, he will do that. He will yes. actually take the advice. He will make the call. He will. Yes. No, I don't like it. We're gonna do it my way anyway. He will, I believe, he will be making phone calls to a particular person yes. that will make some sense. I believe yes. that in my heart and my spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm like, look, you can be an idiot, but if you smart enough to know that you're an idiot and I should call somebody and ask, I'm cool with that. That's I'm cool one. with that. That's yeah, one. so I don't, yeah, I'm... I'm indifferent on him at this particular point in time. I just think it has gotten so bad that yeah. anybody is going to be a change. And it, we are so at the bottom. You can only go up here. Yeah, you can only go I, up. yeah I mean, and the bad thing about it, and we got to be careful because we'll slip right back into just talking about that guy. But um, yeah. every day it seems like we hit a new low. Yeah. And then the next day follows, and there's an even newer low. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's Twilight Zone. It's horrible. Yeah, it so, is. And like it I said, we, we need to reach for a, a rope, someone to anchor us and pull us up. I believe Biden is the man. I'm a little bit more positive on him than you are. I already knew that going in. Uh, <laughs> he, he's got, he, he, like you said, he's got his he's got his issues. You know, everyone does. He's a he's a politician from a different time, a different era. Mm -hmm. yep. So, you know, one of my friends was um, asking me, well, would you vote for him? I mean, you know, he's got issues with women, too. And my whole take on it was, um, well, I wouldn't be surprised. Yes. Because, you know, it was just like the movie Nine to Five, um, you know, with Dolly Parton back in the day. That, was a, that wasn't just the work environment. That was every environment. Yeah, and that's not going anywhere. That's not going to change. You know yeah, what I mean? That's, you know, that, is, that is what it is. It is what it is. And thankfully that women are rising up like a monsoon and fighting it directly. I personally, I think, as, as a father to a young woman, I think it's a positive, you know, keep your hands off. Yeah, yeah. 
you know. But if Biden has a couple of butt scoops in his past, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. But no. you know, if it if the person he scoops needs to come out, then they should. You know, yeah. like that lady who recently who came out. Uh, she's come out several times, but she doesn't seem credible worth a damn. And so you know, and that's the other thing too is sometimes, and I will get into the fake news. Sometimes you realize people are only coming out and they being pushed out, shoved out, paid to come out type of thing. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's something that has to remember. So to your point, I I do try to keep a little bit more of a positive spin on him as well, because at this point, I think he's he's our only, he's our lifeline at this point. Like we need help. Yeah. And he's what's there to help us. I mean, you know, your other friend threw his hat in the ring, but we both know he really had no reason to do that at all. But whatever. <laughs> your Kanye friend, I mean, well, I don't know. But anywho. <laughs> but I think to your point, we're going to have, he's going to reach out, he's going to pull in a lot. Of, I mean, let's be honest, he's going to spend it. Once he wins, and we got to say it, once he wins, his right. entire presidency is going to be clean up. There's nothing, yeah. There will be no new things he gets to do. He's no. got to rebuild America. It, it's it's a hot, stinking quagmire. We have no State Department. We, uh, we don't believe our own intelligence apparatus. We right. uh, we don't understand how to run a budget. He's a mm -hmm. he's supposed to be a Republican and a conservative, but he has no fiduciary or fiscal acumen at all. The man never really ran a business, and I know for I I will say this. I I think this one hundred and ten percent. Ayanna, the man was not a billionaire before he stepped foot in the White House. He was no. not. No. Now. <laughs> but you know what? He was, he was, and we back on that other dude, was somebody who knew how to take a platform and make himself popular on it. Yeah, hustler. Literally, that's what he was. He is, he is idealistically what you say, somebody who takes their 15 minutes of fame and turns it into an hour. Yeah. And he did that. He did oh, it successfully. Let's say, let's say it differently, right? Because we know he turned it into a day. It's oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's it's still going. He, Fifteen minutes exploded yeah. into yeah. A, a horrible, horrible movie that just does not seem to want to end. This popcorn ain't even worth this movie right here. I know. You just throw the popcorn out. Throw the popcorn out again. Yeah. And be like, don't throw, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. This case, <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can't all got to go. Grind got to go. Yeah, but I, I do. I think in November, I think um, a lot of folks that didn't come out after Obama are now going to come out. I think that folks are wanting a change. I do think that there's a large number of people that want to change, and I do think to your point, Biden is going to be <clears throat> that change that we need. I do think so. Excellent. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> Prayers up. Positivity, folks, listen, spread the word. We need you to do it for yes. America. Yes. Do it for America. Yes, yes, please. And thank you. Please and thank you. <laughs> please and thank you. So yeah. let's hit the next one because we want to talk party real quick. Democrats and Republicans. Are, are you have have you ever been? Do you could do you are you wed to are you a party person, Ayana? Do you do you hold forth with one over the other? Honestly, I would say more. More recently, I would be like, yeah, I'm probably more democratic, right? However, I can say I'm a Democrat, but I do not turn my ear to someone who is intelligently speaking that's a Republican. So I'm not a blind Democrat. 
I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, is this dip? Oh, he Democrat? I'm voting for him. He nah, hold on, wait a minute. What he what is his stance? What is he talking about? Oh, he Republican? Oh, I can't, I, I need to understand a little bit more. I'm not one of those people. And I feel like that's what's wrong with society today is people go one side, one side only. That's who they are, that's who they with, that's who they're gonna be. I'm a Republican, so I have to vote for Trump. No, you don't. You don't have to. See, that's the freedom of voting. It's your choice. You know what I'm saying? People get stuck on that. So no, I'm not one of those people at all. And honestly, those are the people I can't hold conversations with. I, I really can't. <laughs> that, wow. that's, yeah. that's, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. But it's, I must say it's refreshing to hear you say that. You and I have talked about this before. I believe one should vote with a critical thinking mind. That means it requires you to take a look at platforms, what mm -hmm. the stands for. Do they align? Would, is this person that you're voting for good for you, good right. for your family, good for co your community, your city, your state, your nation? You got to do that exercise with every candidate that steps to the table, no matter what side of the aisle they say they're on. Now, I think it's pretty darn easy to say that a lot of the folks, the majority of the folks, almost every last person on the right these days, I can't support because they all, it's the funny thing about conservatism. They're not like the Democrats. There's, when they say we're going to hold a line, they hold a line together. You know, yeah. even if they have differences, they will all get a line. Over on the left, you've got progressives and moderates, and they will fight to the last. They will throw an election. They will throw an election because they will not align with the person who is the best choice for the given time in the environment. They will actually do that. And I think that, that that's a critical problem. It's a failing on the left. You know, they say, well, you can't ask me to compromise my principles. My candidate's not running. I'm going to write Mickey Mouse in. And they'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. But you know what I realized, too, is even when you go to vote, it's almost voting. They make you pick a side. Yeah. Because when you say you're a Democrat, that's the ballot you get. You got to get the ballot. That's right. You, that's the ballot you get. So it's almost like the system makes you pick a side. Yeah, and right. I find that to be interesting is that it shouldn't even matter. Just put everybody's name there. Let me decide. Let me do it. Yeah. And, yeah and, so and, they, and, they make it to where you have to pick a side. They they really do do that. So it, it is funny because I've had conversations with Democrats and some of your cousins. And I'm like, do you even know why you're a Democrat? No. My mama. You know, my, my mama, you know. And then it's like, because Republicans. And I'm like, you do know Lincoln was a Republican. What? Lincoln was a Republican, and I have to remind him that, yeah, the one you like, the one that freed the slave, he was a Republican. <laughs> so there was a financial reason behind that, you know. So I try to tell people, you don't even know when the when it went from Republican to Democrat. Like you have no idea. So it's just funny people get stuck into them parties, and I'm like, but the the voting, the ballots make you pick a side anyway. So it doesn't even really matter. It doesn't even I really think matter. That's why we got to definitely get more active, especially at the local level, because. In our state, we, we have no choice up to a certain point. Like you said, you got to go in there, you pick your ballot, those are the candidates you're going to get. Um, yep. Some states, they, they give you the option to have a mixed ballot. And of course, in some states, they caucus and do something completely different. But, you know, no uniformity across the way. It, bottom line is we got to stay engaged, just like yep. you're doing. And, you know, I want to yep. just put that out there for the listeners. The elections are coming up. You know, we, we can't have y'all sitting on the sidelines. It's just really and get to that. Get there early. None of that. Listen, people don't know your job is required to give you two hours. It's a requirement. They are required to give you two hours to vote. So none of that. I'm gonna go after work. I can't be late to work. I can't go. 
people came when they were like, I was in line for five hours. You got there at 5 p.m. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> they open up at 8, 830. Yeah. <laughs> Get there early. <laughs> Get there early. That's what I tell people. Do not go after work. Go before work. If you can. I know some jobs don't allow it. I understand that if you're a school teacher, you got to be there with the kids. So how about we all get there if you can get there early so that the school teachers ain't got to wait in line for five hours. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, like that. or do like my wife and I did and vote early. That That's an option. I, now, you know, and I have to be honest, I'm not a vote early person. But I'm a, I go 11 o'clock, ain't no line, walk in, walk out, poof. <laughs> She's like, I was in line for four hours. Really? It took 15 minutes. I don't understand what that's on. <laughs> Should have went during lunch. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I am a le- I will leave work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I will go in late that day. That doesn't. I need people to understand. You get two hours. Know your rights. You get two hours. Tell your boss. You be all right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> be all right. All right. Let's slide on to the next one, Yana. So, your thoughts? The thing. Black Lives Matter. What's What's the deal? Is it real? Do, Do we they? Need- Do they? Really? Do they? Do they? <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna be honest right now. I just think it's the it's it's a cool hashtag. Mm. Mm. It's nice to put on a shirt. Wow. And um, I think everybody wants to quote unquote be on the right side of history. So, oh, Black Lives Matter. You know, I was watching. Uh, you know, I'm a sports fan, so that whole NBA bubble. Mm-hmm. It's on the floor. Black Lives Matter. It's because you ain't got number black folks on the court. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's, I kind of feel like it's just it's really a cool thing to say, but I think folks are saying it and not really being about it. Mm. Um, I do think that was great with the whole painting it on on the on the street in DC. Like I just thought that was brilliant, right? Yeah, like yeah, I think yeah, that was the yeah. perfect place yeah. to put that. Yeah. But um, I just think it needs to be more action involved in it and not just a hashtag that's the problem with what's going on is everything is becoming a hashtag you like what you doing about it because if you just hashtagging you ain't doing that <laughs> that's just yeah. yeah my my personal opinion and and i'm and i'm gonna say this and be honest no i did not march mm-hmm. i did not march i'm not a marcher mm-hmm. i feel like marching is um yeah that was good for the time that yeah. i don't I don't really think marching does a lot now. I think that there have been marches most recently that have caused people to be like, hold on, wait a minute. But I think that came with a lot of the crazy stuff behind it. Right. But yeah, I'm I'm all about Black Lives Matter. I do believe Black Lives do matter, but I don't really think they really matter. I think it is just the topic of the day and the trending hashtag, honestly. I, I really do. I think it's going to die down real easy and then boom, something's going to happen again. And then it's going to come all back up. <laughs> it's going to be like, oh, well, what happened? I mean, they still, you know, we can talk about Breonna Taylor. We can talk about George Floyd. There, there's still not any justice for what has happened. And that's what I think people fail to realize is that you, you may have a shirt. I've seen people with their mask on that say hashtag BLM on it. Like, oh, that's great. Yeah. But nah, it's it's frustrating to even discuss because I feel like we we go we'll have little movements. It's like now it's it's kind of okay to kneel during the anthem, but it really depends on the sport. Not yeah. quite sure. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. This is the exact same point we were before with Callan Kaepernick. 
Yeah. Here we are again. It's like now a few more people are taking a knee, but you know, it's still unacceptable to take a knee. So it's like who unfortunately there's gonna have to be another victim and another victim. And it's gonna be a different, it'll be a year from now, six months from now, and then it's gonna come all back up again. And it's like it's just I'm over it. <laughs> I, and I think, and, and again, you know, like you always bring a particular flavor. I think folks really need to ingest that. And I think the thing that folks must ingest most critically from what you just said is thought, hashtag, circulation, no action, no follow through. Yes. So guys, yeah. you know, because I, I have marched. Now, the interesting thing is when they started this few years back, I was like, I'm not marching. I wasn't mm-hmm. quite there yet. It worked in the 60s, but they also had a different different zeitgeist, ethos. They had togetherness. A, it was a togetherness. Yeah. I still like feel like we don't have a togetherness. Um, we talked about leadership early on, and unfortunately, I feel like that who's the leader of this? Right. Who's right. leading this movement? Right. Um, and not that you always gotta have somebody that's leading, but you do need direction. Because it's not, there is no clear direction for, to me, I don't see it for the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I don't see the folks that are coming in and saying, here's a list of what we want. Yeah. You march from point A to point B. And and there's been successful marches with no riots. I'll say that, right? Many of them. The majority of them. Majority majority of them. them. I would definitely say that. Um, And so it's like, but you marched, you want those guys arrested. Okay, well, they arrested them. that what did that accomplish where are the where are the laws that are going to be i've always said police should have insurance just like doctors if a doctor makes a mistake he has insurance when he makes that mistake the person that he made that mistake they get paid guess what happens his deductibles go up now he 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 gonna work on making the mistakes he's not gonna keep doing that because it's hitting him in his pocket Mm. i think it should be the same thing with the police you fire your gun you evaluated your insurance is going to go up. This is what's going to happen because if the, the police have to be held responsible and they're not, there aren't any fears in them in concerning on if I shoot this black person, what's going to happen? They don't have that. I mean, the George Floyd thing and how just you saw it (laughs) just on this man neck, just chilling. It's no, Nothing, and it's like, and it's, and I still don't think that what has happened, him being arrested, yeah, it's magic how the media finds its new topic to talk about. Even though we want to still be focused on it, we want to still hashtag about it, we want to still march about it, they've moved on. They're moving on, and we're still stuck. And we're like, well, they were arrested, yeah, but was anybody found guilty? Mm. Was any, where's the court case? Where's the, where, nothing is going on. There's no, exactly, no follow through. Yeah. With the Breonna Taylor thing, no follow through. Yeah, yeah. None yeah. at all whatsoever. And that to me is why I say Black lives do not matter. It is just a hashtag. And until we can get proper guidance and rules and things that we want out of it, it's just going to continue to be something that we're all putting at the end of our tweets. We're putting on our shirts. Exactly. Yeah, it's just and it's frustrating, to be honest. It's frustrating. I won't deny it. I think, I think really, um, 
the black because the black lives matter movement has a founder they have leaders they have lists the, mm -hmm. the the infrastructure the underpinnings in order to communicate that effectively and generate national continuous support is what's lacking um because yeah. it's not concise and clarified from one coast to the other and i've seen online where different groups i mean here in atlanta when black lives matter first started if i recall correctly there were two different groups and they were actually fighting each other you know they get <laughs> arguments around who was right what and that turned into a whole thing and and, that, and that's the kind of stuff that you know you want to divorce yourself from but right. you know i firmly believe of course black lives matter i, I love the fact that i've seen and gone to protests where there are more white people protesting mm -hmm. black that says a lot that's why i think the time now is right but to your point are we going to clap are we going to capitalize on it when it dies down because he's going to die yeah. down Yes, exactly. And that's what my concern is, is that the, it's the die down. It is the, it dies down and everybody's hyped up and everybody's angry, right? When these things happen, everybody's so angry and everybody wants to do something. And then it's like, okay, well, what do I do? And then it's yeah. the marching. And then it's like, and then it's like, after that, it's like, and then in other news, um, you know. <laughs> And that's what we can't let happen. And that's what, that's what frustrates me about it. So I don't want anybody that's listening to think. I truly, thoroughly support the Black Lives Matter movement. How can I not? I have brothers, I have uncles, I have male friends, you know what I'm saying? I am a black woman, so I a thousand percent support it, but I feel like you still have to keep giving me that platform to support. It. And yeah. that's what I think is the die down. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it gets to be frustrating. And, and then for me, that's why, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty energetic about the, the little podcast here. Each of us has to do, you know, we want to hit that critical threshold. We've got thousands saying and doing the same thing. And right now we got a whole bunch of people marching. That's great. But when you go home after the fact in your locale, in your county, are you looking at the policies that disenfranchise people? Are you looking at the policies that support inequity? You know, because that's what needs to happen. Like I said, laws, business opportunities, action. A lot of the, the ugly things we see in minority communities comes from poverty. And yes. the answer is not just telling them to pick themselves up by their bootstraps. That's conservative dogma nonsense. I know it because I used to believe it. It's garbage. You can't tell the, the, themselves up by their bootstrap when they don't know what a bootstrap is, what a boot is, where to go to find one. And if they found it, they wouldn't know how to put it on and launch out. This is it's dumb. Yeah. Dumb. It's the most frustrating thing to me is when when everybody's like, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. And then you have that one person say something about, well, what about black on black crime? Yeah. I want to bang my head against a wall when I hear that. <laughs> bang it against the wall. Like, dude, really? You it's, a really it's, it's a hot mess and you know why you're doing it. Well, okay, so and if someone did that to me just the other day, well, Derek, you know, what about, uh, you know, what, what are you doing about black on black crime? I said, well, what are you doing about white on white crime? Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's a statement. It's a statement. It's a statement. Everybody, if you really read, eighty-five percent of the crimes that are committed are committed in the area that you live in. So, if black folks are living with black folks and white folks are living with white folks, who killing who here? <laughs> just need to understand. <laughs> Simple mathematics. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. and, and then it drives me crazy. You need to say that to push back on them. Then we need to like look, turn around, stop with the nonsense. All the killing needs to stop, you know. Absolutely, yes. You yes. hit me with noise. I hit you back with noise, but I did it on purpose to try to get you to see reason. That's not even a conversation we should be entertaining. It's dumb. Unfortunately, we that's how we get that's how the Black Lives Matter dies down because you have the folks that are like, Well, until we stop killing us, they won't stop killing us. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
this is your argument? And we were yeah. in college together? We, we've seen some of the same posts, yeah, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. So that's your excuse to do nothing. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's slide into the next one real quick because we, we're rapidly running out of time here, and I want to cover, I oh, definitely want to get to the last book, but we kind of covered it through some, just a little, we, we had a taste, but so, Ayana, defund the police? Is, 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 that, is, is that it? <sighs> defund the police? Is it the right thing to say? Is that what no, because what, what people hear when you say defund the police, and I think people need to understand that does not mean if you call 911, the police will not come. That's not what that means. So I think when you say defund the police, I think people really need to really understand what that means. And I think that that's where people is like getting scared and people are completely against it and da -da -da, whatever. It's like, no, you have to understand. It just means all that extra money that they get, and they don't really need that extra money. They need to, and people say training and this and that. I don't think this is a training issue. I really don't. I'm gonna say it this way because this is how I, I read a post and I felt that this was the best way to describe it. Stop hiring those little kids that were bullied in school that want revenge as police officers. Stop doing that. You know what I'm saying? They're not psychologically equipped to truly be police. Mm. <laughs> they were scared then and they're scared now. Like it's not changing anything so i think people need to understand what defend the funding the police are it's not 911 they still gonna come it's still gonna be police we're not getting doing away with the police it's just that if we were giving you millions of dollars for whatever reason and y'all got all these new cars and all these new gadgets that y'all get every year armored you, vehicles <laughs> do you still really need all of that yes <laughs> why do you need all of that because y'all ain't really policing at this point, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> something to kill. I mean, Man, you out here hunting. <laughs> and it's and it gets to the point to where honestly, I don't watch the video. Now, those are the videos I will not watch. Mm. Um I can't. I can't keep watching videos of how they I mean, I remember back years ago, one of them I watched that. I was just floored. Um, it was in Texas and it was a young girl coming from a pool party, young black girl. I don't know if you saw that one. I, I did. Well, this cop pretty much is on her back. Now she's like 14, 15 and you're a grown man. Drag and on her I'm going to be honest. I feel like the problem is where was her brothers, her uncles? I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just think we tried to let the justice system deal with these police officers. It is not happening. I think it's time that these uncles, these cousins, these brothers, these daddies find this man in the grocery store minding his business on this particular day and have a nice little conversation with him, you know, and he set him straight and, you know, he go home and feeling a little differently. <laughs> that that I mean, and we laughing and joking, but I'm gonna be honest. I think that's what's gonna stop the police because mm -hmm. when you feel like you have that level of authority to do what you want to do because you're the police and yeah. there's no consequences to what you do, but you know, suspended pay, suspended with pay, mm -hmm. which is like a paid vacation, <laughs> right? Right, so that's where I'm at with that. So, yeah, that whole defund, yeah. Cut their money until they get their life together. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I don't care. <laughs> I, I my perspective, and, and I definitely internalize all that you said. I think we need different language. I um because because 
the details are what matter, and that's what you just called out. We we need to be we need different um, vetting mechanisms for hiring. We yep. definitely need to route some of the money back into uh, people who could serve the community to help handle folks with mental disabilities and things of that nature. Cops shouldn't be pushed into doing that role. It's not the job, you know. And it, 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 and we don't need uh, special weapons and tactics to be using military-grade weaponry on our streets. It's created a warrior-type mentality in the police force when the job is to protect and serve. You don't. It, the cops not supposed to go out there like they're SEAL Team Six, and I'm going out there, and the only thing I'm caring about is making sure that my partner and I make it home. You know, because mm, sometimes yeah. they talk like they're in Vietnam or some shit. You yes, know, this is an yes. street in a city in America, and yes, it may be dangerous, but you know, we have to do the things to take the danger out the streets. And all of that doesn't require the dude in the car with the gun. You, you, you shouldn't and be it, it in that aspect. You're there to protect the people that live there. Your job should be to make sure that they go home alive that night. Unfortunately, that comes with a good bit of danger, but that, that's the job. That's the and job. It, that's the thing is, is when you think of the little things, when you pulled over by the police, it, my life should not be in question you should be able to pull me over and i should feel a sense of relief that whatever's going down around me you stand between me and danger yes that's, the police and that's not that's not these police at all these police i mean we've all been there and seen it police get out the car hand on the gun already wow what happened what 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 did you see that I didn't see? You know what I mean? And it's yeah. it's ridiculous. And it but it is a matter of to your point, they just don't have the right mentality going into the job. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that they understand what the role, what the position truly is. That protect and serve, I don't feel that at all whatsoever. I don't. And I can honestly say I probably haven't felt that since I was like maybe four. Yeah. Oh, God. And I hate to hear that, Ayanna, because, you know, I wish I'd recorded something because it's funny. I don't know if um, blessing or whatnot, but I've actually seen both sides. Right. I got pulled over six times after I got my driver's license right in high school. And um, the, each time the cop let me off. I was a lucky devil. I was lucky as hell. You know, <laughs> I, I I just, on the seventh time, I can still remember, you know, I got a ticket and I got out of every single other one. We, we, I live here in Georgia, grew up in Georgia, right? Georgia, where the tradition yeah. of the of policing came out of, you know, um, 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 slave hunters and whatnot. You know, the two traditions, yes. the policing. Uh, in the Northern, it comes from the British tradition and, and mm -hmm. whatnot. And in the South, it was from rounding up slaves. And, you know, that, that's our legacy. But I got six times, no problems. Now, I've got the other experience, too. You know, I've had a gun, uh, an officer service weapon pointed at my head. At my dome, you know, get on your knees. Thought I was a robber. And, you know, it's funny because there's a little bit of colorism in that as well, right? Because the assailant was over on another street robbing a gas station, running with a case of beer under his arm. I had a computer. I was dressed like a preppy geek. And I'm <laughs> the, the, the dude running. You were the, but you're the true criminal, though. Yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah. But, right. But the yeah. guy was running up the street and he's light skinned, you know, and we know it. And it's a fascinating thing how white folks can look at a person that is almost tallow in complexion and someone that is almost as dark as a Crayola crayon and see the same color. But you know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole- And, it, and it's almost like it's the, it's the, 
the police are just scaredy cats, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. It's the, it's the best way to explain it. Like, they're so scared when they come up on certain people. My experience, to your point, is, yeah, I've dealt with the police in different ways growing up up north in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, or actually the south suburbs of Chicago. I've had cops pull me over. My dad had a, uh, in high school, I drove a two-door Cadillac Eldorado. This car drove. Eldorado. My daddy had so I'm driving it. Cop pulled me over. What are you doing driving this car? Mm. I'm now I'm a teenager. Yeah. So you know, at that age, we know everything. <laughs> driving it, you know. It's like, what you doing? Driving it, you know. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I had a smart mouth. I'm surprised I'm still alive with some of the things I've said to them, you know. But it's like that whole attitude of what are you doing? Why why are you here? Why are you in this area? Why are you in this neighborhood? What you doing out here? What, Okay, so you pulled me over for what again? I'm confused. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it. There's a lot. It's, it's a whole yes. spectrum, and you know, and then I got to mix it in with the fact that I've got family and friends who are police officers. What I think what's really great about this time is a lot of them are speaking up more because yeah. you know, the thin blue line. It's a real, it can be a very dangerous thing for an officer to cross. Makes them difficult to do their job, and they can actually get in physical danger. But they're speaking out because they and know that that's rotten apples in the bunch. They know it. Yeah. They know they're trying to thank the Lord. They really want to, some of them want to speak up and do something about it. We just need them to be loud and they got to stay loud. Yeah, they have to be. Because I always tell people, I know people will say, well, I got cops and I have family that's friends that, that are cops and this and that. And my, my thing on it is, yeah, I'm not saying all cops are bad cops. But if you are a good cop and you working with a bad cop and you don't say nothing, both of y'all are pretty much bad cops. I mean, I just, I have to feel that way because my thing is, is all those cops that stood around, they're bad cops. None of y'all said nothing. None of y'all said, get up. Protect and curve. Somebody needs to let them know that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go to our last topic because it comes straight out of the police and the Chicago tradition. And we just want to talk about, you've got a close connection. I want you to share that with the, with the listeners and, and talk about what that man was trying to do, because especially amongst us people of color, you know, it, it, it's it's not six degrees of separation. Often enough, it's three. Even the most well-to-do person of color probably knows someone who's worked the trap, or someone who's held down a corner, or someone who's done a bid, someone right. who's had a family member that's probably even you know gone as far as to commit murder. That's just how it goes. And all for the uh, the worship, the need of the dollar, or control, or power power literally that's what it all comes down to control over one's destiny and how that plays out in gritty streets and dark corners and neighborhoods of poverty it's a different story altogether and it can be terrifying and we know a lot of white folks don't understand it but those are not all devils walking the street they some of them these days can't pull their pants up some of them talk a whole bunch of smack and yeah they break it down on each other brutally and do ugly things but they're not all evil some of them are just lost and some of them have done some of that because they know there was a direction they wanted to go in and they were just trying to clear space in order to, how, how can we say it, try to do something good. So the better, the better in the way they knew how. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, like I said, grew up in South Side, South Suburbs of Chicago. So, yes, I did know um, most people from Chicago, they would say on the boss is what they would say, which was Larry Hoover at the time. And um, he was a very close family friend. I'm not gonna pretend like he wasn't. Um, 
crazy thing is, is he's been in jail most of my life. Mm. And yet I can still say he's had a positive effect on my life. And most people wouldn't think that because yes, he started the gang system in Chicago. He's known for starting the GDs and this and that and the gangster disciples. And they, they had codes and they had rules and, and things like that, that people were really unaware of. I'll give you a perfect example. Recently in Chicago, I think there was a shooting at a funeral. Craziest thing to me is the shooting at a funeral. Mm. To be honest, if Larry was around, that wouldn't have happened. There was codes. You don't shoot funerals. You don't shoot on Sundays. You don't shoot kids. All of these things that you are seeing happen in the city, there was rules behind that. They call them gangsters, but if you really think about it, gangsters is the black version of organized crime. Uh, no. <laughs> it really, really is. Um, he was a person of, of my life that my dad and him knew, my mom and him knew, they grew up. But for me, he was a different positive voice. Stay in school. You need to do this. Um, how are you going in sports? When he would call the house and collect, I might add, <laughs> is how he would call. I'm not going to pretend. It was definitely collect. Um, and it was, it was just one of those, he was always talking to me on staying on the right track and doing things like that. Now, honestly, people have deemed him this bad person, but I feel like what he was doing was he did something that's not there today. He was bringing folks together. Um, at one point, and I assume he was doing this from behind bars, <laughs> he had a whole organization about getting Black folks registered to vote. Uh, Ironically, people didn't know. He was called uh, Century, it was a 21st Century Vote, is what it was called in Chicago. And gangsters was coming out to vote, registered to vote. These are people that are gangsters. They hardcore. There's probably no telling what was in their pockets. I never asked. I just worked there. I was helping them fill out the forms. <laughs> but that's, those are not the, the things that they're going to tell you, right? I don't know this man to have ever killed anybody, ever. But because of who he was and the power and the control that he had, in a system that didn't want this black man to have control is what has kept him where he is today. And that's the craziest thing about it to the point of you see the, the city and you're like, you hear about Chicago and all these killings and all this. I don't think any of that would have been going on the way it is today if he was still out. Mm. And I know that sounds crazy because he's a gangster. How could a gangster have, I mean, but people, how they demonized the Black Panther, but it was really positive. Mm -hmm. And that's what people fail to realize is people at those levels, they only do what they know. Yeah. So his goal was he had, yes, they were gangsters. Yes, they might've been quote unquote thugs and all of this, but there was a system to it. And you did not quote unquote, the word they would use was violate. violate. <laughs> you did not violate. Oh, you get punished. Yes, you don't do things to children. You don't shoot old ladies, shoot kids. I mean, it's right now they're saying the city's crazy. Um, and it's sometimes it is hard to hear, right? It's back to that black on black crime crap, right? But sometimes people have to realize that, that even though there's positive good things that can come out of some things that are bad. And to me, he was a person that was always stay in school, go to college, you know, how's school going? What's going on? What, what you mean you, you struggling in that class? What Get, get you a tutor. Get, get somebody that's going to help you figure that out. Um, what do you mean you don't have no job? You need to have a job. You need to be working. 
well, what do you mean you're not, you, if you got an idea to start a business, then why don't you just start your own business? Like these are the type of conversations that I would have with him when he called the house. It was always on a positive. And I don't know if it's like, oh, well, he's positive now because he's locked up. I don't even think he was necessarily negative from the start. Hmm. Chicago at that time, in that, in that era of the 60s and 70s, that's, that's what was going on. People would come together, they would become organized, and he just so happened to be a leader of one of the larger organizations. <laughs> and I just think that's just one of those things. I know most recently, um, they, they really are trying to get him out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I don't know that he would necessarily have an effect on the city today because of the, the gap in um, generations. Yeah, And that's not his mindset, I would say wholeheartedly, but I think his mindset is how can we be more positive in the city? Because like I say, it was it started out as gangsters disciples. But when I really learned about it and really understood what it was, it was growth and development. Wow. And a lot of people don't know that that's what it changed to. Um, they don't know about him trying to get people to register vote because he had control, even though he was still locked up. <laughs> he still had... <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I remember being 16 and I'm having all these grown men come in and I'm just giving them the forms and just thinking back, it was like, why are you here? <laughs> you want to register to vote? Some of these men don't look like they would normally walk up in the spot like that. Right. Like, you, these are not people that want to be seen. These, these is like, lack of a better word, corner boys. <laughs> <laughs> Corn boys. But the whole voting was part of that whole systematic issue that's going on in the city, to your point. Better schools, better activities for kids in these poor neighborhoods and things like that. Uh, That's what it was trying to be. And I feel like people like Larry and and like the Black Panther, things like that, they get demonized for doing something positive in the black community even though they might have done one or two negative things which let's just be honest america was built on negativity so (laughs) let's just be honest (laughs) that's how this country was built so when you think about it a lot of people start out with the let's do this and then we're gonna go this you know what i'm saying it it, it happens you've had jay-z you you had these people that have made millions but they weren't always living positively in the beginning but they were able to turn that corner and I think that sometimes people like Larry are, are just not given that opportunity to turn that corner. And I feel like he did try to turn that corner, but because of who he was, the power that he had. I mean, Much. in that city, you, <laughs> you didn't cross, you didn't cross him. Right. You didn't cross him. And to me, he was no different than the Al Capones. No different than any of them. Why, why would he be? Or, or, or can we just... Make some folks feel real a kind of way. No different from a Joe Kennedy, you know. And out of that <laughs> family, we get you know a president, a attorney yeah, yeah. general, a warrior, yeah, you know. Because because the thing is, and in, in, as ever with your critical thinking mind, Ian, I was thinking it, and you were talking it, so we don't even have to cover it again. It's it's great, you know. Follow through is what I was thinking. You know, a lot of positivity unfortunately in any given civilization comes out of criminality but yes. for people for our ethnic minority in particular the knee has always stayed on the neck so yeah. you know a person like a larry hoover and i would actually ask listeners to just go look him up you know yeah he was the founder of the gangster disciples but he got to a point where he was trying to do something different and the power he pulled together terrified people Yes. It scared people. 
It did. And it did. That's what it was. Like, I'm just trying to get folks to vote. He didn't say I'm like trying to get folks to vote so we can put white people on barges and run them out to Lake Michigan and set them on fire. So, you know, he wanted to get power to help people of color. And, you know, despite his past, we know we still need that. Yes. We we still need that. We need that right now, today. And no matter where it comes from, I've just got to say, we need it. We need uplift. We need programs that are going to fight poverty. And not programs that persist in poverty that, you know, like the give the do the nickel so you can buy the poor kid a shoe and the kid can go to school. Those programs last for decades. No, we need programs that will go in the community with a end life in, in mind. We're gonna go in here and we're gonna fix the housing thing and won't be there for more than five years. Because after five years, those folks will transition. We don't have that problem anymore. That's the kind of thing. It, it's, it's a program, it, the thing is, is really what he had going, black men want to be a part of. Yeah. Regardless of how it may have been viewed negatively, they want to be a part of it. And to, and it was a family unit. And I think that that's a lot of what people miss. And like that's why I always say a gangster versus organized crime, a gang versus organized crime. There really was, organized crime was all about family. Yeah. It was. And they, they made movies about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Goodfellas, one of my favorites, <laughs> you know, The Godfather, all of that. But it was organized crime, but they were doing positive things in their neighborhood. They That's were. how it sometimes comes off. And, and the in documentaries now, those are the guys that were actually doing the dirt. They were like, well, well you know, we murdered that guy. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But to me, gang system in Chicago was the same thing. The difference was race. It was, it was always race. That was the problem. So they were deemed as, this is negative. But it's like, well, what's, why this wasn't negative? <laughs> why is that not negative? So that, that was my thing. And, that, and for me, having heard about him first before I actually knew he was the same person was the funniest thing in my life. Yeah. But I had heard about him. I knew about him. But I knew about the negative side the guy that I was always talking to, you know, as you growing up as a kid, you you put two and two together later, you're like, wait a minute, that's not the same guy. Like that, that's, you know, it was always, I don't get it. Right, it's like, what? You know, and my me and my dad would laugh about it because he was like, you know who that is? And I'm like, no, I don't. He was like, you was just talking to him on the phone. I'm like, when? You know? Because <laughs> it's two different people, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's kind of like, when you look at a, a man in leadership, he shows that strength to who he who needs to see it. But yeah. when he's talking to someone else, he, he doesn't have to have that bass in his voice. Yeah. So he's giving it to you from a different perspective. And that was just how I always took it. But yeah, it was, yeah, that, that's my dude right there. I heard <laughs> that's that. My dude. <laughs> I heard that. And then y'all yeah. don't want to leave it on that note. I, I want folks to really, um, and, and what, what this tells me to share with folks is take a look at all aspects of a given situation, especially how we view our kids and in terms of criminality and the what's and the why's and the why and the how and the who. For folks here in Atlanta, I would say take that same prism and apply it to the boys on the corner in Atlanta trying to sell water. You know, um, just give it some thought, you know, yeah. you know, think about it, you know. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know what? The truth of the matter is, is the old school saying you can never judge a book by its cover. Yeah, pretty much. Old school. Yep. Yeah. Bottom line. It. Well, Ayana, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I thank you for coming on with Edge the Edges, and we're going to leave it at that. And we're going to have to have you come back sometime soon, all right? You know, I'm always available.